What's going on, man? It's your boy, Jay Holly. Episode 9 of Unfiltered with Jesse Holly. Thank you, thank you, thank you. You are far too kind. You could have been anywhere in the world, but I'm so glad you are here with me to do this thing. I am the sports talk equivalent of Braille. People feel me when I speak, man. Um, We're doing this thing, man. You guys know how I like to get down. I like to get my positives out in the beginning because some of y'all not, may not be here at the end. So I, I just want to say this. I have been pushing and, and just living on this premise of, of gifts, living on this thing of getting the good people around your circle. I, I don't know how else to say this, but to be absolutely blunt and straight up when I say it, a lot of people, a lot of y'all, and I'm, I'm guilty of this too. And I never want you to think I'm saying I'm talking at you. I'm talking with you. Because a lot of stuff that I'm talking about, I've, I've lived it. And I'm, I want to make sure that my mistakes and my hurdles and my things that I went through, maybe you don't have to go through some of those things. Maybe I, I can give you a little bit of information to help you out with those things. But a, a lot of you, a lot of us, we have to be willing. I, I heard I heard a thing today from Steve Harvey, and take it however you want to take it. I think Steve Harvey has some good and some bad about him, but some you know mostly good. And Steve Harvey talked about taking the jump. He talked about living in this on this proverbial cliff of life, and most people are afraid to take the jump. And on the other side of that jump, he said, "God give each and every one of us this parachute." Now, the thing about a parachute that it's always going to stay inside of the vest or inside of the, of the bag until it is pulled. Most people only pull the parachute after they jump. And what's great about the parachute is that the parachute has been packed and put on your back by God. And I don't know about your life or my life. And, what, and here's a funny thing. I don't care what God you believe in. I really don't care what God you believe in. Because if you're, if you're believing in a God... There's somewhere in the message of that God that wants to see you prosper. If the God that you believe in has no way, shape, or form, I believe in my Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Believe in whatever God that you want to believe in. But I'm a firm believer that whatever God that you believe in, there's a part of that message that that God wants to see you prosper. But it's going to take a leap of faith. You're going to have to get outside of yourself, get off that proverbial cliff, and jump. And then when you jump, you're going to be able to use that parachute that God packed for you. You're going to be able to say, you know what? Now that I'm out here and I'm soaring and I'm living life. And he talked about every single day getting up, going into a job or to a place where you're just living. Instead of living a life that you actually want to live. And I get it. It's, it's, it's fearful. It's worrisome. It's scary. It took me four years to do this. Damn right it was scary. It's still scary. It is still scary, but I cannot tell you how alive I have felt since episode one. I cannot tell you how fulfilled I have been since the initial conversation with me and my business partner about doing this. And I've helped and you've helped so many other people grow and live their best lives. It's time for you, beloved, to live your life. So if you're on that proverbial cliff, Thinking about jumping, go ahead and jump. Take the jump. Take the leap of faith. Go ahead and, and, and live the best life. And it's going to be it's going to be failures. It's going to be bumps in the road. You're going to scrape your knee. You're going to mess some things up. We mess some things up, right? 
We messed things up. We had a, we had a two-hour meeting the other day about things that we want to improve, and that's fine. But we're doing it, and every single day that you do it, you get closer and closer and closer to that thing being ultimately successful. Because whatever God that you believe in wants prosperity, wants happiness, wants joy, wants you to live a life, your best life. And you can't do that living a mundane life. So if, if you're thinking about making that leap, that jump, go ahead and do it. Go ahead and do it. I am a living, breathing example of telling you, you'll feel better about it. And it's still going to be scary. And I still don't know. I just, I'm going to take you behind the scenes. I was fired. I lost a job a few months ago, which was the bulk of my income. Now, I've been blessed in my time. But jumping into this and not going to get another job right away, I said, you know what? This is my time. This is my moment. I need to take this thing by the horns and jump. Where is it going to go? Don't know. I don't know. I have no clue. But I know that I am working my tail off. I know that I'm walking in my gift. I know that I'm leaping and, and trusting God that when I pull that parachute, that the parachute that he packed for me, is, and I'm a sore. And this thing is going to the top. I believe that. But I'm missing a whole lot of money. How, how bills are going to get paid? How things are going to get paid? I, I'll figure that out. I have enough other stuff going on that I'll figure that out. And, and maybe I don't have a chance to live that life that I lived prior to. That's cool. I've never felt more alive than I do right now. I am walking and living in my purpose. And if I can give you anything in the world today, if you, I don't care about the sports content. That's great. That's extra. If you, if you, when I'm done with this part, if you hit stop, I've done my job. You've heard the message. But I want to tell you that it's important. Stop living day-to-day, -day, mundane, hating to go into that job. Quit it. Start that passion. Chase that dream. Walk in your gift. Take the jump. All right, man, let's get into this uh, sports stuff. We got football. We got football. The Cowboys take on the New York football Giants this Sunday prime time. Sunday night football. 0-0 NFC East. Division opponent, as someone who's played in this, I, I grew up in Jersey. Shout out to Roselle. I've watched this rivalry for a long time. Never was a Giants fan. Became a Cowboy. And I lived it. I played in it. I lived it. I played in it. And this is one of the toughest rivalries that you're going to play in. When you get the plan to play your division opponent, you play this opponent every single year, twice a year. They know you. You know them. They build their draft. They build their team on how can we beat the other three teams in our division. And for a long time, the Giants have been kind of the bottom feeders of the division. And so this game, where you got, you got good on good. I think you got two really good coaches. I think you got Brian Dayball. You got freaky Mike McCarthy. That's what I call him. I call him Freaky Mike. Mike McCarthy. You got a really good quarterback and a decent quarterback. You got a, a good running back and a really great running back in Saquon Barkley. I mean, there, there are matchups all over this field. DeMichael Parsons and, and Tank Lawrence and Dexter Lawrence and, and, and Leonard Williams. There's a, a ton of matchups that go on in this football game. And I'm excited to see it. I'm excited to see what this new-look offense, the Texas Coast offense for the Dallas Cowboys, looks like. We didn't get a chance to see it in the preseason. Mike McCarthy decided to say, hey, you know what? 
My guys have worked really well in the offseason. They have worked really well in training camp. We don't need to go out there and showcase our whatever in preseason. So a lot of the starters did not play. And the Giants, they're going into year two of this Brian Dayball era. Daniel Jones era. And they have some things to prove. Saquon Barkley wanted some more bread. This is a shame. It's a shame. It is a shame what they do to running backs. But Saquon, one of the, one of the best backs in the league, it's going to be a good matchup. The one thing that I believe, and it's already happened, that soured this matchup a little bit is the injuries. The one thing, the one worry that we had coming into training camp for the Dallas Cowboys was, will this offensive line hold up? I.e., for the most part, it was Tyron Smith. Zach Martin held out for a little bit, got his bread. He's back in the fold. But earlier this week, Tyler Smith, hamstring, doubtful today. Now, you understand when you're doubtful on a Friday? Whew. Doubtful on a Friday is not a good look. As someone said to me earlier, my, my, my friend Bobby said to me earlier, doubtful on a Friday is when you start finding scriptures and prayers to tell people about healing. Because <laughs> that's what's going to get you to Sunday. You, go, you need a supernatural intervention. You need Jehovah Rapha. You need the God of healing to step in to kind of, if you doubtful on Friday. Not questionable. If you doubtful on Friday, you probably won't play. Tyron Smith rolled his ankle, so now your entire left side of, the, of your offensive line is banged up. Either, even if Tyler Smith plays, he's limited, he's limited to what he can do with the hamstring. And then Tyron has the ankle. Tyron has kind of been a walking injury report for the last six or seven years. Does he finish the game? Don't know. We'll see. But that's going to be something that you look at and go, is this a factor in this game? Because the Giants, where they are strong at, is defensive line. It's, it's, a, it's a very unique matchup because the Cowboys are light a little bit in the offensive line, and the Giants are light in the offensive line. The Cowboys, really good offense, a defensive line with Michael Parsons leading that bunch, rushing off the edge. Same thing with the New York football Giants. Really good interior, Dexter Lawrence, Leonard, Leonard Williams, and then Kayvon Thibodeau. So you're looking at two really good matchups up front. This game will be one of the trenches. And what can be negated is your other, your others. So let me say that. If, you're, if your offensive line can't give your quarterback time, it's going to be tough for the Cowboys to run the football with Tony Pollard. It's going to be tough for the Cowboys to, uh, um, to, to throw the ball to their all-star receivers. CeeDee Lamb, Michael Gallup, Brandon Cooks. The Giants are starting two rookie cornerbacks. You you love that matchup. If you're the if you're the football if you're the, the Dallas Cowboys, you're saying to yourself, "I like my two top receivers versus your two rookie cornerbacks. I like my ten-year vet in Brandon Cooks. I like my four-year vet in Ceedee Lamb, who I think is going to be an all-star this year. I think he I think he cracks that door open and into that elite receiver category, and he's going to be asking for thirty plus million dollars next year for his contract." I like that matchup against two rookies. I don't care what they did in college. They ain't never played in this league. But if Dak doesn't have the time to throw the ball, then that negates them being really good, at least at some point in time in those games. And vice versa. 
if Micah Parson is able to wreak havoc on Daniel Jones, who who I don't who I don't think is in the same class as Dak Prescott, who I think has gotten better under Brian Dayball, but his ability to turn the football over is still there. He's improved, but it's still there. If you're if you're hurrying him up and making him rush and he can't use uh, uh, his abilities, now the thing about Daniel Jones is, you better rush it. You better rush properly. You better have lane integrity. Cause he's already beat the Cowboys one time with 79 yards rushing. He'll rush on you. When we when we when, see when you got guys like Lamar Jackson, Lamar Jackson, but you got the white guys is, is sneaky athletic, and he is. He's the white quarterbacks are sneaky athletic. White man can't jump. White man can't run. Daniel Jones can run. Got to give him a little credit. Daniel Jones can run. Saquon Barkley is their all world everything. If that offensive line can't block. It negates what they want to do. They want to run the ball with Saquon. They go and draft Jalen Hyatt. He runs 23 miles an hour. Fast. He, they want to take shots with Jalen Hyatt down the field. I guarantee you there will be two, three, maybe even four 40-plus yard shots down the field to Jalen Hyatt. It's going to be real tough if Micah Parsons is in the lap of the quarterback. That ball sails. Malik Hooker and company in the back end, interceptions are there. But if they hold up, we know that Trayvon Diggs is susceptible to double moves. I like the addition of Stephon Gilmore, but he's in year 12. He ain't a spring chicken. He can't run with these young boys. Can play in front of them, but can't run with these young boys. So this is going to be a very, very intriguing matchup. Something has to give. The Cowboys have been 0-3, opening up the season on the road. But the Giants have not beat Dak Prescott in the last 10 times they played him. Something's got to give. Something's got to give. And we all get a chance to witness it this Sunday night. I'm cross-promoting. You can see me on A to Z Sports doing the pre-halftime and post-game show with my guy, Scott Walker. Shout out to you, Scott, my dude. We'll be there doing what we do. Tune in so I can feed myself and pay my bills. Thank you. <laughs> oh, yeah, like, subscribe, do all that good stuff that you have to do here with Unfiltered with Jesse Holly, and all the other places I'll be. But it's going to be a really good game. I'm excited for it. Some people are saying, oh, the Cowboys are going to blow them out. I don't know if I buy that. I think there's going to be a little bit of rush for the Cowboys. Those guys didn't play in preseason, so it's going to be a little bit. We got to get this thing going a little bit. But this game will be won when I come back next week. Oh, let me also add to the injury report for the New York football giants, Darren Waller. They're all pro tight end. Who Darren Waller had two really good years, two really dominant years. And everything else has kind of been smeared a little bit with his injuries. And he's already starting this year off with a hamstring injury. I wish injury on no one, ever. These men are out there, warriors. It's tough to play football. It's tough. It hurts. I can tell you, football hurts. Football is not a like sport. You can't like football. You have to love football. Like it, see, here's the thing. When you like something... You're not going all the way. Oh, yeah, I, I like you. 
But if you left today, you wouldn't bother me. You know what? I, I like that. But if it's gone today, but when you love something, when you love something, I don't care what it is. When you love something, you're willing to go above and beyond for that thing. And that's the difference in football. Like, you can't like it. It hurts far too much to like. You have to be unconditionally in love with this sport. For the simple fact of the, the sheer craziness of crashing your body into another human being at full speed. Down after down after down. You had to love this. But it's a football is a 100% hurt sport. If anyone that you know that's played football on any level that did not get hurt, they didn't play. Sorry. We had a position for guys like that. Coach used to call them the A-back. The A-back, the A-S-S back. That's what coach used to call them. The A-back, the A-S-S back. Because they always want to go, hey, hey, coach, I want to get in the game. I want to get. Hey, coach would say, but get your back. That's what they were. You're the A-back. You, you get your butt back. <laughs> you ain't getting on the field. That's why you never hurt. But this is a 100% hurt sport. Darren Waller, hamstring injury early in this one. Don't know if he'll play. It's questionable. Not doubtful, questionable. It's different from being doubtful, being questionable. But we'll see. I'll, hey, listen, if you're, hey, Darren, if your hamstrings hurt, brother, don't play. I'll play next week. I'm totally fine with that. I'm totally fine with you not playing against my Cowboys Sunday night. But if he's in the game, that's going to be a major matchup. Like J. Ron cursing that matchup. But Darren Waller is a guy who is – Darren Waller is a kind of player where even when he's guarded, he's open. He's 6'5", six 6'6", foot six foot six, long wingspan, catch radius is out the wazoo. But make no mistake about this football game, ladies and gentlemen. This game undoubtedly will be won in the trenches. When you look at this game next week, I'm going to be able to show you in the trenches that this game, that's where it was won. Who dominated trenches on the defense and offensive side? That's how you're going to know. But my pick for this game, I don't think it's going to be a high-scoring game. I think it's going to be a, 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 a you know, a, I think it's going to be a really good game. I think the game is going to be good, really good. I think you're going to see some rust on Dak and company not playing in preseason. I am, a, I am an advocate of veterans, starters, stars playing in the preseason. Call me old-fashioned if you want. Cool, I'm fine with that. I got gray hairs. <laughs> you know, I'm close to AARP. Not quite. I'm close. It's getting up there. I'm still swaggy, though. Don't, don't ever mistake that. for me. I'm getting old, but I'm, I'm seasoned. Well, Sasson. What is Sasson? I'm Sasson. Tahin. I'm seasoned. Don't play with me. I got Cowboys 24, 23, 24, Giants 17. Close, but no cigar for the New York football Giants. You take this L early in the season. You continue on your journey of improving and doing what you guys do up there. In East Rutherford, the Cowboys come on back with the dub. 
get ready to face that bad man next week, A-Ron, take on the Jets at home. Aaron might, Aaron might rename, I mean, Aaron has already renamed AT&T Stadium. It is Aaron Stadium. He owns it. That's the fact. He is the boogeyman. I don't care what uniform he has on. But, yeah, that's my take, Cowboys-Giants. Cowboys 23, 24, 17, 19. It's going to be close. Close but no cigar. All right. Uh, let's, keep, let's keep moving around this thing. I told you guys before, football is back. Thursday night football, the Kansas City Chiefs versus the Detroit Lions. Banner night. Woo! I've never won a Super Bowl, but I've won a championship before. Shout out to my UNC Tar Heels. Roy Williams' first national championship. 2005. I told y'all I'm old. The Kansas City Chiefs, their all-world quarterback, Patrick Mahomes, they dropped the banner, world champions. I know Noah, uh, what's his name, Noah Lyles is like, world champions? World champions? Yeah, they're world champions. But they go into battle on Thursday night football versus the fighting Dan Campbells. MCDC, Motor City Dan Campbell. I like Dan Campbell. I do. Dan Campbell is a dude. Like, Dan Campbell is, like, when God was making Dan Campbell, he poured his football. He poured all the football here. Uh, you talk about walking in your gift. Dan Campbell is the epitome of walking in his gift. He is a football dude. He is born and bred to be around, involved, in some way, shape, or form in football. Ring night, well not ring night, but banner night for the Kansas City Chiefs in Arrowhead. And the home of the Chiefs. No Travis Kelsey. Hyperextended his knee earlier in the week. No Chris Jones. He won his raise. But he was in the building. I'm not bad at that. In a suite, squeezed in between his two agents. The Kansas City Chiefs go out there, and people had their, what they thought, you know, we always believe that Patrick Mahomes is this unbelievable, and he is. Don't, no, I mean, not, he is. He is everything advertised and more. He's a dog. But there is something to be said when you don't have your weapons. See, when you don't have Travis Kelsey, then you don't have a threat that people have. Travis Kelsey is a guy. And, and you ask any player in the National Football League, offensively or defensively, when you break the huddle, when Kansas City offensively breaks the huddle, you know what defense is saying? Where's 87? Where is he? Because we want to know, even if I'm not, even if he's not my man, if he's not the guy I'm personally defending, I want to know where he's at. When you break the huddle, you're looking for 87. And that changes everything else that goes on around you. More guys, when 87 is on the field, the attention that he gets, the attention that he gets, it allows other guys to get open. He wasn't in there. Hyperextended, bone bruise on the knee. Told you this is 100% hurt sport. Bone bruise on the knee. Tried to get ready to go. They said he had no power. Holding him out, not mad at them. Long season. But the fighting Dan Campbells, who last year went up the Lambeau Field, knocked off the Green Bay Packers, kept them out of the playoffs. 
Dan Campbell said, I'm not coming up to Green Bay and laying down for y'all. Hell no. I don't no. I'm winning. Knocked off the Green Bay Packers, go up there to Arrowhead this year, knocked off the Kansas City Chiefs. Now, you know, I'm not gonna say now. They they knocked off the Kansas City Chiefs. They played who they were presented. Travis Kelsey's not there, not their fault. Chris Jones not there, not their fault. They played who they put on the field. The fighting Dan Campbell said, whoever y'all put out here, Kelsey or not, Jones or not, we have to play y'all. We didn't ask for him to be hurt. We didn't ask for him to hold out. This is what y'all march out. This is what we have to play. And they played. They played hard. They played physical. They played inspired. They got a little bit of that Dion in them, that Midwest going on up there, that Detroit, Colorado. We believe. What I love about Detroit, and you don't see this much in pro sports and even in college sports anymore, most organizations, GMs, front office people, they're giving you very little time to turn a program around. They, 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 don't, give you the, they don't give you that much time anymore. You get two, maybe three, then they're looking for the next name or the next guy, hoping that they can get that quick turnaround, getting their team to relevancy, which Detroit hasn't been in. I mean, damn. I don't know. I ain't that old. <laughs> How old is Barry Sanders? I mean, Barry Sanders. And even then, there was kind of. Nah. Eh. They had good moments with Matt Stafford, Megatron, but they weren't, they were never, they were never like that. But they, they've given Dan Campbell a chance to come in and, and implement his style, draft the players that he wants to fit his style. And he's, re, he's reinvigorated this Detroit football. Detroit's game next week sold out. Sold out football in Detroit, Michigan. You can't say that a lot of times where it's a legit sellout. Well, you can't get tickets to a lot of their game. I think they're set out for this season. That's solid, man. That's solid. So shout out to Dan Campbell, his staff, his team. They're tough. If you beat the Lions, you in a fight. Sold out for the year, right? Sold out. Get it on the second market. Hand-me-downs. Outside the stadium. That's, that's big for a team that really hasn't done – and they're not Super Bowl contenders, but if you beat the Detroit Lions, you're in a dogfight. You're gonna, you might win, but you're not. You, you, when you black eye, bloody nose, busted lip, you're going to know you were in a fight. But the thing about Dan Campbell is he has those dudes believing. He has set a culture. He has set a standard of how they should play, how they should act, how they should carry themselves. This ain't, this ain't your mama Detroit's Lions. This ain't, this ain't your daddy's Detroit Lions. This is a new era of Detroit Lions football. They beat the Kansas City Chiefs. No ifs, ands, or buts about it, Mike Tirico. You can't say it. it's an asterisk because Kelsey and Jones didn't play. No, you can't say that, bro. You can't say that. They played. Those, those other guys get paid as well. Now, now. Now, some of them on the Kansas City Chiefs who got paid to play in that game probably should get their check back. 
talking to you, Kadarius Tony. I am talking to you. Not having Travis Kelsey, you need the others to step up. Now, Kadarius Tony missed a lot of training camp, all of preseason, recovering from a knee injury. No excuse. You play, you're supposed to perform. As a professional, I told y'all earlier in the week, they should change the stat. If the ball hits your hands, your chest, any, I shoot you when the, if it hits you anywhere in there, catch it. Kadarius Tony dropped the ball four times last night. They could not catch a cold. They couldn't catch COVID in Kansas City. They couldn't catch nothing in Kansas City. And when you can't make plays, it's going to hurt your quarterback. It's interesting, though. Patrick Mahomes throws the ball to Kadarius Tony. It goes right through Kadarius Tony's hands into Branch's hands, the defensive back of the Detroit Lions. Pick six, touchdown. You know what the national media said? Come on, Kadarius, you got to catch that. Noah Brown got hit in the chest last year with a pass against the Jacksonville Jaguars. The Cowboys lost the game. Pick six. You know what the national media said? Dak Prescott throwing too many interceptions, too many turnovers. It's always funny how the narrative twists. Patrick, but I, Patrick Mahomes is all world. He gets the benefit of the doubt. Kansas City Chiefs, 0-1. Now, I don't know when they'll come back, but I'm, 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 they're not. They're still my Super Bowl favorite coming out of AFC. But great game of football last night, man. Dan Campbell, kudos to you, brother. Kudos to you, man. You have built a culture there. I don't know how this thing is going to turn out, but I know that you, you have a tough, gritty, Detroit-style, Motor City, General Motors, rugged, grizzly, Timberland boot, Carhar, tough football team. And that's admirable. I don't know how it's going to work. I don't know how it's going to end up. But I like to start. I like the start to Dan Campbell and company. Talk about some money. Some deals got done. Talk about petty. Here's a little petty from the Cincinnati Bengals, who are kind of almost, I wouldn't say rivals, but they beefing with Kansas City. They beef. They beef. They like, yeah, 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 I think y'all better than us than Kansas City. They are, but they beef. That, that's a good little matchup. I like it. Two young stud, not young, but the young Joe Burrow, Chase, and company, they waited right before kickoff to announce that Joe Burrow now becomes the highest paid player in NFL history. They didn't, they didn't do it the next morning. They waited to the NFL kickoff and they said, mm, Kansas City, you're not going to get the headlines. World champions. We're going to drop it off. Money, 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 money. New deals. Joe Burrow, the richest contract in NFL history. 55 per? 54, 55 per. It's a lot of bread, man. A lot of bread. These quarterbacks, I love it. I love it. Get paid, young brother, get paid. And Joe Burrow's worth it. Has set the market. $55 million a year. Ooh. 
that is man. Now there's a couple other quarterbacks that are coming up, and the thing you know who's underpaid. Not to go back, but Patrick Mahomes underpaid. Let's be real. Like I know he signed for a half a billion a couple years ago, but like he's underpaid. If he if anybody can go back to the table and say, hey guys, um, let's redo that deal. But Patrick Mahomes team friendly deal. Want to get guys around him? Pay Chris Jones. Maybe he'll come back help him out. But Joe Burrow, the Cincinnati Bengals, changed the landscape of of how quarterbacks will get paid. New TV money coming in 2024 will allow these quarterbacks to demand that money now. We'll, we'll, we'll allow them to demand that money. Now, I know Dak looks at this contract. Now, he ain't getting that much money in Dak Prescott. But it does go and we go, well, you got to pay me a little bit more now. You can't pay me what you, numbers are going up. What Fat Joe say, yesterday's price is not today's price. I love it. Get paid, brothers. Nick Bosa, we talked about his deal. He has the richest defensive player contract in NFL history. He is now the only non-quarterback player to get $35 million a year. The numbers all haven't come out yet, but he's around there. Non-quarterbacks, 35-plus. It's weird. Like, this is how the breakdown is. It's quarterbacks. This is a quarterback-driven league. It's a quarterback-driven league. It's a quarterback-driven league. They're going to get the bulk of the bread. Then the guy who is supposed to go get the quarterback, he's going to get the next amount of bread. Then the left tackle, who is the premier position in the offensive line because most quarterbacks are right-handed, he gets the next amount of money to protect the most amount of money against the second amount of money. Because we are in a quarterback league, quarterback league, quarterback league, what does the quarterback do? Throw. Wide receiver, they get the fourth highest money to go out there and to receive from the highest paid in the league. Guess who gets the fifth highest money? Quarterbacks, the guys that got to go out there and defend those guys. So everybody's involved is getting money, and I love it. Cool little interesting story that I, I, I kind of want to just sneak in here, talking about getting paid. This is a cool little story. Cool little story. Luke Rose is the long snapper of the Indianapolis Colts. He just got paid. Four-year deal extension of, you know, trust me. Now, Joe Burrow will pay more taxes than what this contract is. But it's a cool story. I like the story. Luke Rose has got an extension from the, from the Indianapolis Colts. The long snapper. Four-year extension, $6.4 million, two-and-a-half guaranteed. Interesting story, but Luke started out as a linebacker, was a backup linebacker on the practice squad. Then he had a conversation with the GM, Chris Ballard, and Chris Ballard kept it 100 and said, listen, bro, you're on the practice squad, that's fine. You're a backup linebacker, that's fine, but your time will, will be short here if that's the route that you want to go. What I suggest that you do is learn how to long snap. Learn how to long snap, get really good at it. We might have you somewhere here. You'll be a special teams guy. And in the case of the emergency, maybe you're a backup linebacker at some point in time. You know what Luke said? Luke didn't pout. Luke didn't say, why me? Luke didn't say, uh, 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 you, you acting funny. You ain't giving me a shot. Woe is me. Nah, Luke said bet. And Luke went to work. 
and he got better and better and better all offseason. This was in 2016. Luke won the starting snapping job, long snapping job in 2017 and has been their long snapper since then and will be their long snapper until 2024, 2027. I know it's not sexy. It's not pretty. I played with a guy named... LP Lattisaurus, 19 years in the National Football League. All he did was snap. All he did was snap. The thing about snapping is you get one time to do it, and you can never be wrong. Your operation has to be good. 19 years, LP Lattisaurus, he lived better than a lot of y'all, drive better than a lot of y'all, and all he did was So if you can long snap, some of y'all kids can't walk or chew gum at the same time. Y'all think of the next LeBron James. <laughs> Some of y'all kids can't, won't bust a grape in a fruit fight, can't punch their way out of a wet paper bag, and you think they're about to be the next LeVar Bowman. They better long snap. I think it's a cool story. Took advantage of the opportunity and said, I bet. Didn't, didn't, didn't fuss, didn't pout, but went on and just did what he had to do. Congrats to you, Luke. Get that money, man. Um, couple injuries I do want to talk about the 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 Jordan Love is is taking over the 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 quarterback duties now that Aaron Rodgers is in New York in Green Bay. Not a good start for Jordan Love. Won't have his top receiver. Some other injuries. I do want to say we've always had this thing about you know players and quarterbacks and players matter. You want to have some weapons when you're a quarterback. You want to be able to go out there and say, you know what, I got a guy out there that even when he's covered, he's not covered. I want to go out there and say, you know what, I got a guy out there that I know is going to win majority of these matches. Because while football is this team game, when you break it down to its core, it's really a bunch of one-on-one -on -one battles that need to be won. I need to win my one-on-one -on -one battle. Whether it's blocking, whether it's receiving, whether it's running, whatever it is. I need to do my one-on-one -on -one battle and win in the concept of the team pitcher. So I don't know what Jordan Love going to do, but he down a couple of guys, and so we'll see how that goes. Head to college football. Texas versus Bama. I don't know where you guys sit. I'm partial to Texas. Shout out to my boy, Tashar Choice, running back coach there. Shout out to my favorite NFL coach. Jody Camillus is the special teams coordinator down there in, in Austin. Two of my favorite human beings ever, the coaching staff at Texas. This is a big game. This is a big, big game, not only for Texas, but for Alabama. We, we, we have put Nick Saban in Alabama up on this principle. We have put him on this pedestal. Rightfully so. Let me not be disrespectful to the great Nick Saban. Rightfully so. There was a period in time of football where they were the most dominant. Times have changed a little bit. Kirby Smart in Georgia kind of said, hey, now, hey, hey, hey. We the big dogs in the SEC. And now Alabama, they, they kind of got to get their swagger back a little bit. Their, their all-world quarterback, Bryce Young, is now in the National Football League. So they got Jalen Milrow. And, and I don't know if Jalen, I don't, I, don't, I don't know if he really, I don't know if he's a pure quarterback. 
I think he's an athlete playing quarterback. I don't know if he's a quarterback that's athletic. There's a big difference. But this is the big game for Alabama. I don't think people fear Alabama as they once did. If you remember Texas versus Alabama this game last year, Texas was on their head. Quarterback Quinn Ewers goes down. Had to bring the backup in. It was still a close game. Bryce Young did what Bryce Young did. They had that they blitz. They had Bryce Young dead to rights on a, on a corner blitz, coming off the edge. They had him dead to rights, and he dipped out of it. Boop, 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 boop. Made a play. Ultimately, Bama won that game. Huge game for Texas. Huge game for Texas. They've they've had that moniker. We're back, and they ain't really been back. They've been chilling. They they've been around. Coach Sarkeesian's come in and trying to go all gas, no breaks, and wanting this team to kind of be something, and the name will always give them the opportunity to do so. Saying that to University of Texas gives you an opportunity to say, we're, we're up there, but you got to win games like this. If you want to tell me that you're back, you got to win games like this. Quinn Ewers, I don't envy you. I don't envy you because... You got the weight of the world on your shoulders, and then you got a Manning that's sitting right there behind you. And I, I'm telling you, every time you lose tomorrow, you lose on that primetime game against Bamba, the whispers will get louder and louder and louder. We want Manning. We want Manning. So I don't envy you at all, Quinn, but you got to come up big. This is a big football game for both of these programs. Is Texas back? I don't know. They haven't done anything to show me yet. Is Bama back to being what Bama is? Don't know. These are the games that you must win to solidify your place and where you want to be, the respectability across the, the nation. I give Bama the credit to go ahead and say, you know what, this Bama, it's Nick Saban, they've always figured out a way. I don't think Nick Saban has the quarterback that he's had in the past, and that matters. That absolutely matters, especially in college football. Especially in college. It matters in the league, too. But not having that and having to play against some of these other teams, like a Texas, you need it. Texas can't come out slow. This is a big game. Prime time on the full letter network. All eyes will be on them. I look forward to watching that game. My heart of hearts is with Texas. My friends, my brothers on those teams are part of that. So I'm all gas and no breaks. I want to see. T- there are certain programs that when they're good, college football's better. Miami, Florida State, Notre Dame, Michigan, Ohio State. When those USC, Texas, Bama, when those programs are good, it injects this level of excitement around the game. It makes Saturdays so much more enjoyable when not only you're rooting for your team, go Heels, but the excitement that after your team wins or does whatever it does, now you sit down and I can watch these other exciting games that we've watched since I was a little boy, these teams. Because I was a little boy, and you were a little boy. Your dad was a little boy, and your mom's a little girl. And you watched while they were watching. 
So this is big for Texas. This is big for Bama. This is big for college football. College football has been, in, in one week, has been pretty exciting. They can continue helping doing that. Putting on a good show, and if Texas can eke one out, I'm not mad. I'm not mad at all. But I will say the one team, as I move right along, I'm not doing a show. I am not doing shows. Let me tell y'all something right now. I'm not doing shows and not mentioning this dude and his team. Texas and Alabama might be the primetime game of the week. Oh, but don't forget, they're still primetime playing. The Colorado Buffaloes are playing Nebraska Cornhuskers. Corn the fighting Deion Sanders. I believe. I believe. I believe. The slogan for this week for the Colorado Buffaloes, it's personal. Mm. Funk flex crowd. Mm. It's personal. Matt Rule, he needs a big win. Lost his opener. But this is, uh, this, this week for Colorado, honestly, is bigger than last week. You can't get up the hype of what it was last week and then let down and lose to Nebraska at home. That place is going to be jumping. There's already clips out right now of all the stars that are just roaming around their TOs and stuff like that. They just they're around. And that's that's good. You want it, you want those kids to be around that. You want them to feel that. That's great for recruiting. They'll have two of two top recruits there this weekend, quarterbacks. Number one quarterback of the country will be in Colorado this weekend. Dion said, we coming. I love it. He said, we don't have now. We don't have next. We got now. They moved up 22 in the, in the rankings of college football. Big game. Dion is doing something in college football that has not been done. Ever. Ever. Let me repeat that. Ever. There has been more bets. This ain't Jesse making this up. This is real deal Holyfield. There has been more bets placed on the Colorado-Nebraska game. One college football game. Coached by Deion Sanders. There's been more bets placed on that game alone than all the National Football League. Did you hear what I said? Listen to the words that are coming out of my mouth. There's been more bets placed on Colorado versus Nebraska. One collegiate football game than all of the National Football League. 90% of that action's on the Buffaloes, too. 90% of the action is on Buffalo. The cash cow that is the National Football League. The dominating leader in, in viewership, in attendance, in, 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 in fandom is getting out bet 
by one college football team. Dion has done something in Colorado, in Boulder, Colorado, that has never been done before. And the hype only grows the more he wins. This game is big. This game is big. And I know there's some media pundits that come out and say that, you know, that they, they should back the Brinks trucks up. If you're the National Football League, if you're a franchise, you should back the Brinks truck up to hire Deion Sanders. Deion has been very clear with saying, I don't want to coach in the National Football League. Could have been, could have been done that. I like where I'm at. He enjoys coaching his son. He enjoys recruiting. He enjoys, be honest with you, he enjoys the ability to do what he wants to do. And that's okay, because what his wanting to be in complete control, no different than Nick Saban, no different than Kirby Smart, no different than Steve Sarkeesian, no different than uh, 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 Lincoln Riley, Dabo Sweeney, or any other college head football coach. Nick Saban does whatever the hell he wants in Tuscaloosa. He has full control over that football program in Tuscaloosa. Kirby Smart does whatever the heck. I gotta say heck now. I gotta say I gotta start. I gotta stop saying hell and damn. I don't say curse word, but I gotta stop saying that because Sister Cassandra, I hear you. She told me I, she told me I gotta stop saying something. I hear you. I hear you. Fresh love. Fresh love. Kirby Smart does whatever he wants in Athens. They speed them cars up and down Athens all day. They don't even get in trouble no more. They just, they, they, you, they just, you got to put governors on the car. You got to get governors on the cars in Athens. They all speeding. Everybody got a Hellcat. Everybody got a Hellcat. Everybody got a fast car in Athens. Steve Sarkeesian does what he wants in Austin. Lincoln Riley does what he wants in SoCal. Dion's no different. I think college coaches like that ability to do so. Even the ADs and the presence of the school, they, they may hold a higher position, but you won't hold a higher position. Like, you're not Nick Saban's boss. You're his partner. <laughs> you're, especially when he's winning. You're not Kirby Smart's boss. You're a collaborative partner. How can we make this thing work, Kirby? You're back-to-back -back national champions. Going for a three-peat. You think we... You generate $300, $400 million a year for our university. Dion has generated so much money for the University of Colorado. Colorado University, I keep getting them confused. The buffs. There's a partnership. Rick George and Dion has a partnership. The AD and they have a partnership. But he has generated so much buzz and I'm excited. I know you are. I know you'll watch. I'm talking about him. This team has two Heisman hopefuls on it, Shador and Travis Hunter. One thing that people aren't talking about when it comes to Deion Sanders, and this is the recruiting part of things, we'll talk about Shador, rightfully so. Talk about Travis Hunter, rightfully so. Talk about uh, um, uh, uh, Dylan Edwards, rightfully so. Horn Jr., rightfully so. Deion Sanders, rightfully so. Deion has the number one quarterback in the class of 2023 on the bench. He has the number 19, was it number 19, 14? 14. 14 player overall. Number one in his position in the country last year on the bench. And he's just saying, like, when he's ready, he'll play. 
No rush. When he's ready, he'll play. To think about you have all-world Travis Hunter that can lock up on either side of the ball, and you got the, the, next, the next one on the other side who hasn't even gotten the field yet. He's just waiting to unleash him sooner or later. I love it. Dion said it's personal. Cromani McLean's his name. The number one corner in the class of 2023 on the bench. Dion said he, he's got to get ready. He has to understand football. And I love that. I love that. And Dion has so much love for these kids. So much passion for the game. Like we, you look past the glasses and the hoodies and the hats and the gold chains. Like Dion's a, he's a, he's a darn good motivator. Really, really darn good motivator. He has these kids believing. He has us. He has the country believing. Got to applaud that. Got to applaud that, Dion. The fighting prime times take on the Nebraska Cornhuskers. My money's on Dion. I ordered some of those shades, too. I, I, yeah, he got me. He got me. He got me. Talk about influence. I, I need a pair to I need a pair to reflect the shades. I'm going to wear them next week if they come in. <laughs> Nice. They weren't even. They weren't expensive. Good price. He's even affordable. He ain't even taxing us. It was a good price. Under seventy-five bucks. He could have easily charged a buck twenty-five, and people would have had to go buy him. Mine was under fifty bucks. I went and got him. Boom. He's influencing us. He coming. We coming. And he said it. The Louis. The luggage is Louis. All right, finally, before we get out of here, Tay, this, when we do this shot right here, close-up. You have to do it now. However you got to do it now, this is the close-up shot. Because I'm joyous and I'm joyful and I'm, I'm excitable. I'm normally happy. But what I detest, what I hate, What angers me is BS. And the BS that's going on now with the NCAA, and I get it. Some of you may say, oh, Jess, you're biased. You're showing your bias. Tucking your Carolina blue has nothing to do with that. It just so happened that this is my university. Unless you've been living under a college football rock, you've heard about the NCAA first denying Tez Walker the opportunity to play in his opening game, and now they've kind of come, they've not kind of, they've come out and said that he is ineligible for the 2023 season. NCAA, you're foul. NCAA, you're wrong. NCAA, you are horrific in this decision. Let me give you a quick backstory on this. Tez Walker originally started his career at the university at uh, North, North Carolina Central in Durham, North Carolina. They canceled his season due to COVID. Canceled it. Canceled it. He transferred. 
with the written okay and permission of NC Central to transfer. He went to Kent State, played two years at Kent State. He lost his head coach and his offensive coordinator. Sidebar, that head coach is now in Colorado working for Dion, the Kent State head coach. During his time at Kent State, his grandmother, who he took care of for a large majority of his life, grew sick. He began to have some mental health issues and decided, I want to get closer to home. Transferred to the University of North Carolina before the NCAA changed their transferring rule. Both North Carolina Central and Kent State both signed off and approved on the transfer to North Carolina. After he transferred a couple days before school, the NCAA ruled him ineligible to play football this year because of the two-transfer rule. NCAA, you are foul. Charlie Baker, the president of the NCAA, you're foul. And you're a coward. And your staff is our cowards. Because you sit there and you talk all the time about it's about the athlete. You sit back and you talk about how you want to take care of the athlete and how you bought in and buy into this mental health thing. And how you sign off on all these other two-time transfers. But then all of a sudden, y'all just wake up one morning and decide, well, in this case, we're not going to do. That's foul. You've now put this kid's future in jeopardy. For what? And you try to make yourselves holier than now and say, we're about the student-athlete. It's about the student-athlete. It's about the money for y'all. Y'all are money-hungry, and you're foul. And this is wrong. And Tez Walker and the University of North Carolina and company should sue the hell out of y'all. Should go to federal court and make this thing right. And Charlie Baker, you have the opportunity to do so. See, this is why the NCAA count y'all days. Facts. Count your days. Because soon enough, you will no longer exist. Soon enough, the heads of the presidents and the ADs of these big conferences will come together and say, what do we need the NCAA for? You are becoming a dinosaur. And moves like this do not help your cause. When you can easily, and it's, it's not because I'm saying, oh, let the kid plays North Carolina. No. Do what's right. This isn't an unprecedented situation. You've done it this year in multiple other cases. You just can't pick and choose when you want to do this, especially when it, it isn't violating any rules because it happened before you made the change. And you have these other, he had his season canceled at North Carolina Central. You had two schools that said, we're perfectly fine with him going to North Carolina and playing football. But you want to sit on your high horse and act as if you have some sort of overpowering authority. It's a joke. You're a joke. And you look funny in the light. And this is wrong. Tez Walker should be playing football right now. You get on your, 
You get on your soapbox and you want to preach to the masses about how you care about the well-being of student-athletes and their mental health and their physical health. But when someone does something like Tez Walker to improve mental health, you ain't on it no more. Oh, you're not, you're not advocating for it no more. How shameful. You should feel awful. And there should be public pressure put on you at every single turn. Will this clip go viral? I don't know. But at every turn, NCAA, people should point their finger at you and say, how shameful of you. How wrong of you. How deplorable of you. For you to do these kids the way that you do them. For years upon years upon years, you've been stealing you didn't want the NIL thing to come about because you know what? It cut you out. See, now that the kids can get a little bit of money, you ain't important anymore. You wanted to keep that so you can keep control of how you navigated things, and now it's no longer there. And the last little bit of control that you got, you won't even know how to flex it right. Count your days. Count them. Because your reign over college athletics is coming to an end. And it's things like this Tez Walker situation. Why? When you have the ability to do the right thing and you don't. And not only do you screw this kid's life, you potentially screw his family's life. And then the program is, is screwed for this. You're wrong. You're wrong. And you had every chance to make it right. And you doubled down on stupid. And that's foul. And whatever bad things come to about for you to NCAA, you deserve it. Tenfold. Do better. All across the board. Don't say you care about these kids when all you care about is the money. Don't talk about mental health and being an advocate for it when you don't help when you do more harm than good and this is another blading example of that i hope trez walker and the university of north carolina sue the hell out of y'all i hope it go i hope it goes to court i hope you get overruled and i hope that there is it it it, it it's smushed in your face publicly in front of the world to see that you tiny little man have no more power. Do right. This is foul. All right, man. That's it for me. Um, thank you all for joining me. I appreciate you. Like, subscribe, tell a friend to tell a friend. Unfiltered with Jesse Holly. Man, I, I feel so alive. Woo! Friday night. Y'all gonna see this Saturday. It's all good. I'm here with y'all. I'm grinding, man. That's, that's what I'm saying. This is it. This is, this is the love right here. And if you stayed to the end, thank you. I appreciate you more than you would ever know. You are the parachute. You are the, the parachute of my jump. You help me soar. Like, subscribe. Mr. Fourth and Long on Instagram, Facebook, Twitter.
holler at me. Fanatics view. Like, subscribe. Do it all. I love you guys, man. Thank you. Remember, never let anyone tell you that your life, never let anyone tell you that their life is better than yours because it's yours. Eliminate the contingencies. I'm out.